Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. Stand up for your country. Another road trip for President Biden. He's off to Michigan. It's the same dance uh, as yesterday. Uh, this time he's uh, touting electric cars. Electric cars are good. Um, you got to make them more affordable and the technology easier to use for the folks. But electric cars are good. And he, the reason he's doing this, as we explained yesterday, is he got to get out there because his poll numbers are cascading. He looks befuddled. He's got to get out there and be vibrant, as they say. So he's in charge. So I was curious because the newspapers didn't give this much coverage. This New Hampshire jaunt last night didn't uh, really. The AP put out a piece, but it was nothing. So NBC News with uh, Lester Holt gave it a minute. ABC World News Tonight, David Muir gave it a whopping two minutes and 32 seconds. David must really like those electric cars. Although Biden wasn't talking about electric cars, he's talking about a bridge. So David probably likes bridges as well as cars. CBS Evening News, Nora O'Donnell, they kind of snubbed President 13 seconds. It's barely enough time to say his name in the town in New Hampshire. Okay, so um, I think this will be it for Joe Biden. He says that he's going to get the Build Back Better, reconciliation, whatever it's been called today. I don't think that's going to happen. I could be wrong. I kind of searched back. When was the last time I was wrong? But I don't see Manchin and Cinema, the two Democrat moderates in the Senate voting for it now. And the reason is it's all over the place. Every day they change the money and where it's going to go. And Manchin said, look, this is so chaotic. You can't vote for a couple of trillion dollars in spending unless you know where it's going to go. And nobody knows where it's going to go. Joe doesn't know where it's going to go. He just wants the Build Back Better thing. So um, I'd be surprised if the Senate passes this thing. Um, one Democrat vote in the Senate's over. And that would be Manchin at this point. They put a lot of heat on cinema and Manchin, that's for sure. So then Joe Biden goes to Nantucket. You ever been to Nantucket? Lovely place. My mother used to work in her college summers in Nantucket. Beautiful beaches on the south side. Flat island. A lot of swells from New England. A lot of accents. Bastin. Uh, nice whaling town. And uh, Joe goes there a lot for Thanksgiving. But we don't know when he's going. Um, we know it'll stay probably till Sunday, but we don't know. Um, we'll stay in a big estate, and there's plenty of them in Nantucket, very, very wealthy. So, um, you know, I hope he has a good time. be interesting to see if he's vaxxing, and if you go to see Joe on Thanksgiving, you have to wear a mask. What do you have to do? That'd be interesting. I don't know if we're going to get that. So uh, the turkey pardon, which is, you know, done every year, that's this Friday. Uh, November 19th at the White House, two turkeys that are being pardoned from Jasper, Indiana. We're not eating them. They get a pardon. I can't remember back last year, what a fiasco that was with the Trump turkey pardon. <laughs> Nobody knew it was, <laughs> it was funny. Anyway, uh, I like the tradition, let's pardon the turkeys, and that happens on Friday. So you would expect that right after the pardons that he would go to New England. Maybe not. Um, right now, I mean, I, and I really wish I could report accurately to you because that's what I do. 
But right now I got a $1.75 trillion proposal for this build back better thing. I mean, that's what they're putting out. But there's no breakdown that I can see. And that's an awful lot of money, particularly because they just passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. So they're trying to break the bank, they, the Democratic Party, and give as much money away to the folks as they can. We know that. We've been over it. That's their strategy to buy votes, create a socialistic uh, economy. And that's what this is all about. If I thought that Build Back Better would benefit you and me and all my viewers and listeners, I, I would endorse it. But I don't know what the dude's going on. I can't get a straight answer from these people. Nobody else can either. So no way. Um, Manchin basically flat out said he's not voting for it. Now, that was yesterday. But again, a lot of pressure on these people. But yesterday, Manchin said, no. And there aren't any Republicans in the Senate going to vote for this. If you're a Republican in the House and you vote for it, you're dead. You'll never get elected again. All right, so the Wall Street Journal, they cover economics pretty thoroughly. I trust what they say. They source everything. So they say if this big bill passes, in addition to the infrastructure, that the United States of America will be the highest tax country on the planet. So my question is, is that where we want to be? So the Wall Street Journal says the average payment, state and federal, will go up into the 50s. So right now we're in the middle of the pack, 43%. That's what we pay on average to the feds and state. But this would go up into about 57%. Now, I'm not a selfish guy. I got plenty of money and I worked hard for it. But if I'm going to continue, you know, running three news agencies, which I do, I don't want to give the federal government 57% of my income. Who would want to do that? Because we all know how much of it's going to be wasted. Nobody's going to watch it. The audits are going to be chaotic. It's just too much money. And the money goes from Washington to the individual states like California and Illinois and New York for equity and whatever crazy thing they have. And who knows? But I know I'm going to be paying 57%. So Germany is 47%, Sweden 52 France 55, we would pass all those countries and become the highest tax nation in the world. So when I was in uh, Munich in Bavaria right before COVID, I did a lot of research. You may remember that I reported the German worker is taxed to here. Everything the German worker does, value added tax, everything he buys, you know, the municipal government, Munich has his handout, the state as his handout, Berlin as his handout. And so you can't accumulate cash unless you cheat. What they call it the gig economy. And a lot of people do. Most people do. All right, you can't accumulate money because the government takes it away. So what this does is it robs incentive. Now, I'm a success economically because I work damn hard. And I always have. I never jake it. Even if I don't like who I'm working for, I give them their money's worth. All right? And... I was willing to fork over what I had to fork over. But it was going up and up 
and up, and I'm not seeing the corresponding good for the nation. Now, maybe you see it, but I don't. New York State, where I live, highest tax state in the union, roads are falling apart. Airports are a mess, all right? Train stations are dangerous. Infrastructure, insane. Where's all the money going? Schools in affluent areas on Long Island, where I am, are good. And we pay plenty of school tax. But in the city, they're terrible. Even though the taxes are supplemented in the New York City schools. So where is this money and what are the improvements being made? You never get it. So I'll remind you that uh, Bill de Blasio has gone down in history as the worst mayor in New York City history. He gave his wife $1.2 billion in city funds. I think it's Shailene or somebody. And she was supposed to use that for social justice. Nobody knows where the money is. Is there an audit by the attorney general? No. Why would there be? Attorney General in the United States, Letitia James, she doesn't care where the money is. She's in that whole crew. But $1.2 billion taken out of the pockets of people who work in New York City goes to this woman, and then it disappears. There's no accounting. So if you were living in Bolivia or Chile, this would be corruption. This is what the third world nations do. They steal Haiti. Okay? Nobody knows where it is, but nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. Nobody's going to go to jail. Nobody's going to be investigated. So it's the philosophy of the progressives is very, very simple. White men have all the money. And they have accumulated that money by exploiting the minority communities. So the government must punish white men, not only the high earners, but the truckers and the people working in the grocery stores. If you're white, you get punished. You're not on the equity list. You're not on that list. That is the philosophy. And that's scandalous, right? It's scandalous. Now, Biden, if you remember back to his first week, did a big deal out of this equity thing. Oh, we're going to do equity, equity. Equity means we give money to the groups that we want to vote for us. That's what it means. And this is all race-based stuff. The shame of it is, and I'll get into this a little bit next week, that all the spending and money pouring into the poor precincts and neighborhoods makes things worse. Because there's no discipline. Everybody's got their hand out. Give me mine. So most Americans have no idea that this is actually happening. If you were to go out tonight, go to a restaurant, maybe strike up a conversation with the train, you just ask them, $1.75 trillion. Do you, want, you know where that's going? That, that money, that build back better money? Do you know? If anybody gives you a coaching answer, please write me an email, bill at billoreilly.com. Okay, so we have a situation where all of this spending is now causing the Fed to print more money because they have to cover 
the expenditures. There's not enough money in the U.S. Treasury to do it. So they print money. And that means the dollars that you have in a bank or invested, their worth go down. That's inflation. So Biden's running around with Jen Psaki. Oh, no, it's not going to cause more inflation. Every economist in the world just goes, what? And this is the extent of the incompetence that we have in Washington, D.C. right now. So Rasmussen Daily tracking, we give you this every day, 41% of likely U.S. voters approve of Mr. Biden's job performance. 58 don't. Bad number. Um, I thought you might want to hear what the uh, Trump number was. Um, so in October 2020, before the vote, economist YouGov had Trump at 45% approval. KNBC News had him at 45. Harvard Harris had him at 46. Gallum had him at 44. Not even close to where Biden is. But, you know, interesting information. And there's another big difference. That the people who liked Donald Trump and his performance in office really liked him. They were fanatical Trump people. And they would vote for him no matter what. Biden's support is soft. I've never seen a person go, oh, I got to have that Joe Biden. He's the best. That Joe Biden, he's really doing a hell of a job. Have you? So all Biden's support is, is an anti-Trump play. That's it. So then the question becomes, the Democratic Party knows all this. What do you do? You only have less than a year before the midterms where the Democrats could lose everything in Congress, and that's the end of Joe Biden. So joining us now from New York City is Paul Alexander, the former media strategist for Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat from Hawaii. So you can imagine, and I'm sure you know, that these meetings are going on. Now, how do we bring this back? How do we stop the bleeding and the polling? Do you have any idea what the strategy might be? You know, there are a number of very basic things that I would recommend if I was in the administration. Uh, first and foremost, I think President Biden's open hostility toward oil and gas is a self-inflicted wound. There is no reason for the U.S. not to be energy independent, especially with record inflation and a supply chain crisis already hurting American wallets. Now, Eric Adams, the Democrat mayor-elect of New York City, was recently threatened by leadership of Black Lives Matter with riot and bloodshed if he did not give in to their demands. Adams just held a press conference calling on national Democrats to condemn this extremism. This would be an easy opportunity for President Biden to take a tough stance against real threats of violent crime. And beyond that, I would look to the very sensible and popular platform of now former Democrat Andrew Yang, who just recently launched the Forward Party. And I would use the bully, bully pulpit to advocate for issues with bipartisan support overwhelmingly, things like open primaries, ranked choice voting, and term limits. Doing so would restore some of his credibility as a pragmatic consensus builder and do a lot to enhance the transparency, fairness, and efficiency of our democracy. Isn't it too late? Come on, Paul, let's be honest. 
I mean, the guy, you know how hard it is to change people's perceptions. You get off on the wrong foot. They got that image. And his image is shot. I mean, he doesn't command the stage. He hasn't done anything to help the country, with the possible exception of vax rollouts. But he hasn't done anything. Isn't it too late for him? No, I don't believe so. Uh, One year is an eternity in politics, and three years is obviously triple that length, whatever triple eternity. But it's not going to be three years. He gets whacked next November. It's over for the Biden administration. That that could be true. Uh, it's you know he was in the Senate for four decades. Uh, when push comes to shove, perhaps he will really show his ability to form uh, some consensus within that governing body and actually get things done. Perhaps now, when he doesn't have to do that, at least on paper by the numbers, he's being a little more bold and trying to check off more things from the progressive agenda than he otherwise would. See. I could be wrong and I could be mean and I don't want to be either, but I don't think he's up to the job. I don't think he Look, can that's, do it. Okay. I mean, that's certainly your opinion. Uh, I'm not going to uh, Do to you argue disagree that. with that opinion? No. Do you think that Joe Biden at age 79 can run this country effectively? He certainly has not instilled confidence in me thus far, uh, but I was of a similar belief prior to the election, to be fair. <laughs> so that so really you has never not thought that Biden would be a good president. It was just the anti-Trump movement that put him into office, right? To an extent. I mean, you had mentioned the polling earlier, and I think we should look at that. It, it, it is important to acknowledge that over the last five years in particular, there has been a consistent misreading of the electorate by national pollsters on both Democrat favorability and GOP turnout. The most egregious example that comes to mind is that ABC News Wisconsin poll that had Biden up plus 17 the week of the 2020 election, and then he won it by less than a point. You know, the Real Clear Politics average had Andrew Gillum ahead of Ron DeSantis by nearly four points, and we know Ron DeSantis won that race. More recently, it had New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy up by eight points, and look how close that race turned out to be. So I think there is ample evidence here to suggest a real disconnect between Democrat polling and Democrat performance. Now, on to okay. Biden. Now I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you and I'm going to base it on a fact. Okay. So if you analyze the daily television ratings for MSNBC and CNN, unquestionably pro Biden. Sure. They are at historic lows. No one watching them. Now, Fox is losing audience as well, but not nearly as rapidly. So that tells me that Democrats and independents who might be sympathetic to Mr. Biden, they don't want to see him. What do you think? As I had said previously, his appearances rarely instill confidence, so I'm not going to entirely disagree with that. If you if you want to break up the segments between progressives, moderates, and independents, we can examine each of those. You know, right now, he does not seem to have a clearly defined base. He is yet to deliver any sort of major legislative victory for progressives who were already not particularly enthusiastic about him to begin with. For moderates, 
the infrastructure bill could be seen as a major victory, but I, I honestly do believe it's being overshadowed by the backlash to these controversial vaccine mandates, and that has turned him into a fairly polarizing president. Combine that gonna, with- uh, The folks are not gonna care about any bill back better when they're paying three times as much for a gallon of gas and twice as much for food. Those issues will override any theoretical stuff. Last word. I don't disagree with that. And if we want to look at that further, let's look to Bill Clinton as an example, who won independence overwhelmingly in his 96 reelects and left office with a 61% approval rating despite all the scandals. Why? Well, the economy was booming and he made lowering violent crime a top priority of his administration. Yeah, he moved Security. Around. Security bill is a primal need, not a partisan one. That includes both financial security and public safety. And There's thus no doubt about that. But, but, but Clinton, was an Clinton was an extraordinary politician, and Biden is not. Hey, Paul, we really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, and a uh, very interesting segment. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. All right. So uh, Joe Biden goes home to Delaware a lot and uh, he's made 16 trips in a year. Uh, they have cost the taxpayer three million. That's lunch money for the federal government. But 16 trips in a year, 52 weeks, that's a lot of going home. And so the right is, uh, you know, jumping up and down about that. Um, and he also, I'm sorry, I said 16 trips. It's 22 trips. <laughs> I don't know why I don't have this a little more clear. 22 trips. Um, and, you know, you got to get the helicopter, you got to get the plane, you got to get the Secret Service and all that. So he spent a lot, Jack. I don't think he's constrained on any level at all. COVID. So uh, boosters are coming, might be available Friday. And the data says that if you are vaxxed, that after six months, the protection from the vax declines. Not all the way, but you're not as protected as you were. So the government is saying that you got to get the booster. Right now, about 60% of the U.S. population is vaxxed. That needs to go up to 75. So there's 15% in there. And if that goes up to 75, this COVID thing will be on the wane. 
Um, 31 people, 16% of the population, have received a booster so far. Uh, I'm going to get it. You know, I don't really want to get it, but protection, because I have so much to do, I don't, you know, socialize or much or anything like that. Nobody wants to hang with me, Um, but I'll I'll get it. Border. So um, crossings, encounters, they call them, going down. Uh, September 192, August 210, July 214. All right. So last month, October, you had about 100,000. So you can see it's going down. Now, the reason it's going down is because the federal government is doing the COVID thing. They're being tougher. They're not letting people in and they're using the Title 42, whatever it is. You got to go back. It's not to do with any Trump and any policy. It's not having to do with Border Patrol. It's just that the orders are going, send them back because of COVID. So that's what's happening down there. Still and two million people a year breaching our border. So remember the uh, Department of Homeland Security officer on the, uh, on the horse with the uh, reins? So the media went wild. They were whipping Haitian migrants and all that. So it turns out they weren't whipping Haitian migrants. And the uh, Customs and Border Patrol, not even going to investigate. Because they have photographic evidence that says the guy wasn't whipping Haitian migrants. So what are the odds of you turning on CNN and MSNBC tonight hearing that story? That's all a mistake. Now, I feel elation for the poor Border Patrol agent who got hammered. So hopefully nothing happens to him. But even Biden's own Homeland Security office says, no, there's nothing there. Again, if you see that story reported somewhere else, please email me immediately. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name and town if you wish to opine. So the cancel culture has devastated the entertainment industry. If you are a conservative or traditional or even an independent and you support Donald Trump or traditional values in this country, you're not going to work. So there's nothing written down, but believe me, I know firsthand. So I'm in the Screen Actors Guild after a union. That's my union. And I've been in there for decades. And it's a decent union. You know, I get it, actually get a pension. Believe it. But it's a far left union run by progressives. And if I run into a problem where I have a project that's being deep six because I'm me, after and SAG are not going to help. So therefore, you only have one mindset producing entertainment. The most vivid example of this are the commercials, the TV commercials. So now, if you watch the commercials, almost every one are people of color or gay people or whatever. Almost every one. Now, I don't have any beef for that because for years, 
uh, African-Americans didn't get the opportunities that white Americans got in the Screen Actors Guild. So they're making up for time and I don't have a beef. But it's there. It's there. So I have a lot of friends in the industry, you know that. Two very powerful actors, very powerful. You know their names, but I'm not going to burn them. They shot a pilot for ABC Disney. And it was good. They didn't pick it up because they're white. And they actually were told, we're not picking this pilot up because you're white guys. So that's what's going on. That's a blacklist. So this day in history, 74 years ago, the real blacklist was announced. The Screen Actors Guild, all right, made all of their members sign an anti-communist loyalty oath 74 years ago. And if you didn't, you got booted out of the union. And then on top of that, the federal government started to hold hearings, the House on Un-American Activities, trying to find communists. It's all about that. You got to swear you weren't a communist. Now, that was a blacklist that hurt a lot of people. After SAG was right in the middle of that, Ronald Reagan, you know, the first person to testify in front of the House on American Activities Committee, Walt Disney, first one. So uh, it took litigation for the blacklist to blow up. So people said, you're not going to let me work. I'm going to sue you. And production companies said, we don't want that. And it went away, but it lasted a long time. 47 years ago today. Okay, so we will have a mail segment that I think will be exciting. And then a very, very nice final thought. Back in a moment. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's do some mail. Uh, We got John Turcotte in Billings, Montana. Bill, I listened last night to you talk about the boondoggle infrastructure bill, and you said you would have voted for it. My question is how you justify $1. trillion in taxes, and the folks get back less than $500 billion in infrastructure. Number one, it will be... 1.2 1.2 trillion in taxes. It'll be a lot, not going to be that. And again, the states, your state, Montana, are responsible for using the money responsibly. Responsible, responsibly. So look, it's a hope. I understand it. 
Patricia in Harvey's Lake, Pennsylvania. I've been reading about and watching the Kyle Rittenhouse trial on Fox News. Seems the liberal media wants to try and make this about race and some outrageous statements are being said. Why is so much attention, a lot of it biased, against the defendant? Because it's a progressive cause. They want Kyle Rittenhouse convicted. They want to ruin his life. It's as simple as that. Dr. Mike Millard, Laguna Niguel, Florida. I was curious if there was specific language in the infrastructure bill providing funding allocations for the hardening of our vital energy, water, and agriculture resources. Now, I said Laguna Niguel, Florida. I think it's California. Don't think there's a Laguna Niguel in Florida. Anyway, as I said, it's hard to know what's going to get funded and what isn't, which is why it's such a big problem. Um, Kevin Lout, Phoenix, Arizona. The other day you mentioned the Democrats have no presidential hopefuls. How about Joe Manchin? Progressive left and no vote for him. The left wing of the Democratic Party in a million years wouldn't support him. Oh, he doesn't have a chance. So you got to always look at the big picture. Uh, Bob Lamothe, Hampton, New Hampshire. Vermont is among the highest vaccination rates in the country at 82 percent. If what you're saying about high vax places being safest, why is Vermont in such bad shape? Number one, it's 72 percent of Vermonters have been vaxxed, not 82. That threshold is not high enough to stop the so-called Delta variant. All right. So Vermont, as you know, very rural state and things they spread very quickly. So everybody knows everybody. Everybody's associating with everybody. And that's what I think is going on there. Um, Richard Robbins, I'm curious to know your reasons for being in against the vaccine mandates. Friends of mine argue they do work. Now, I don't want the vaccine to be mandated because of freedom issues. I want to convince people that self-protection and the protection of others is a patriotic thing to do. I think Biden makes a terrible mistake when he said, you better do what I say. That just alienates and makes it harder. So that's my reasoning there. One more. Um, William Vlasic, Seacliff, New York. Educate me. I'm confused when Jen Psaki speaks. Is it disinformation, misinformation, or propaganda? So misinformation and propaganda are the same thing. Disinformation is a lie. So you have to make up your own mind about her presentation. But I was able to delineate what she's doing there so you would know when you hear her say something, it's not always a lie. It's a false opinion. She's wrong. But if you hear disinformation, that's a lie. Okay, I got two final thoughts of the day. We're going to honor a World War II patriot. And then I'm going to tell you about something that's very important. One word, anticipation. Very important. Right back. Okay, so final thought of the day, we would like to applaud 93-year-old Norm Fulner, 
who is 90, I just said he's 93, um, being redundant. Now, he, Norm, has donated to independencefund.org for years. He has done so much for that worthy organization. So I figured, you know, a World War II vet, to give him a shout out here, um, we love our vets. And a guy like Norm is so generous that you should know about him. Independencefund.org, of course, helps the severely wounded American veterans. Okay, so yesterday, in the final thought, I talked about managing risk. And a lot of Americans don't even concentrate on that. They kind of blithely go through life thinking nothing bad is going to happen. So there's a risk in everything we do. Sometimes the risk is high. Sometimes it's low. But whatever it is, you need to assess, I'm doing this, and here's the risk level. Okay? And then you have to figure out a strategy to deal with that risk. So when I'm driving on the Long Island Expressway, I know that there are going to be loons weaving in and out, driving dangerously. So I am anticipating that. I'm holding back. I don't tailgate. And I'm watching. Okay, I'm watching the whole thing because they're coming. I know they're coming. And if you're not prepared for them, you can get hurt big. So this is called anticipation. And I think it's one of the most important things for a successful life. If you want to mm, be successful in business or personal stuff or whatever it may be, you have to anticipate what might happen. So if you do A, B might happen. And worst case scenario, you got to throw in there. All right, this is a little pinheady, I understand. But most people don't do it. So I hope you do. Christmas is coming. Our Christmas store is open. No supply chain problems for us. We have great gifts. We have the Christmas ornaments. God bless America on your tree. Who doesn't want those? We have the stand up for your country stuff, which is excellent. Love the mugs. And these are easy. So you call in, uh, you go to our store, and you order them, and we'll have them there two or three days. You wrap them up and you get them out. That helps us so we can help you. And then we have uh, the bundle. So we're trying to get more premium and concierge members because that's the backbone of our program here. And there's some resistance, and I'll, I'll tell you tomorrow what the resistance is. It has to do with alcohol, if you can believe it. Um, but we are trying to recruit. So if you give a gift certificate, concierge or premium, you get a bundle of free stuff. A bundle. All kinds of good stuff arrives at your house. And I'm saying to myself, I can't do any more than this. So I hope you guys will check it out. And, uh, you know, it's funny because when I left Fox News, I thought that our marketing arm would decline. We're doing better today than when I was there five years ago. It's incredible because the people, it's almost like the Trump supporters, the people that watch the No Spin News and listen on WABC, the people who do that are loyal. I mean, they, they know what we're doing here. This isn't a casual thing.
And so they help us. And that's what we're doing here with the BillOReilly.com premium store. Word of the day, feckless. Do not be feckless. So I've been doing a lot of press for the Trump O'Reilly history tour. It's fun to do it. I saw Mark Levin, Hannity Today, um, all of the pro-Trump shows, local news, KLIF in Dallas. They have a good interview today with them. And my basic pitch here is that if you go to this show, there's four of them, and put up the uh, slide there, on December 11th in Sunrise, Fort Lauderdale, 12th Amway Center, Orlando, 18th Toyota Center, Houston, 19th Dallas American Airlines Center. So if you go, if you take the time, it's the best Christmas gift ever, by the way, you are going to learn so much and have such a good time. I'd be heavy duty. It's going to be a lot of information. You know me with Trump. We have a pretty good rapport. I understand Glenn Beck is going to introduce us in Fort Lauderdale and Sean Hannity in Orlando. So that'll be something. You know, they're going to make fun of me, and that's fine. But it's really, it's not a heavy-duty presentation. We're not trying to get into that. What we are trying to do is write the record, which needs to be righted. And to tell you, A, what President Trump actually did in his policies, and B, why this country is falling apart. Now, that'll get a little contentious with Mr. Trump. I mean, he'll take cheap shots at Joe Biden, but to be expected. Um, But there's going to be more of your record, Mr. President. That's where I'm going with this. And um, sold almost 30,000 tickets so far. That's a colossus. But there are some nice seats still available. Go to BillOReilly.com. We'll link you right over to the box offices. And again, great Christmas and Hanukkah gift. Thank you for watching us tonight. We will be back tomorrow. See you then.